It's preview time. Who's going to come out of Akershire Stadium with the win? Tennessee versus Pitt. We'll talk about who will win, key matchups, players to watch, X-Factors, and so much more on today's episode of Locked on Pitt. Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Nick Farabon. Folks, it, game day is officially here. Pitt versus Tennessee, a ranked matchup on ABC at 3.30 on this great Saturday. It's going to be a certified banger is my first off impression. That's the first thing I'll give you in this episode. This game, I think, is going to be worthwhile television viewing. Now, obviously, you're a Pitt fan probably listening to this. It could deal with much anxiety. It's same with Tennessee fans if you're listening to this. Uh, and that's always what happens in great football games like the backyard brawl, for example. But this is what makes college football great. And I think this one's going to be a good one. Um, I look at the matchup. And there are so many different ways it could go. Um, I I think there are some obvious ways in which these teams should attack each other. Um, I I look at Pitt, for example, and we've talked about this before, uh, about how they have the advantage in the middle of the field and how Keen Slovis is such a proficient thrower of the football at the intermediate level, like that is an obvious thing that they should do. And they will do that. Um, Frank Signetti is not an idiot and neither is Keaton Slovis. Neither is Josh Heupel. None of these guys are dumb. <laughs> this is going to be a good football game. Um, and so I think you look at stuff like that, that'll happen. Um, you look at a guy like Hendon Hooker, who is quite honestly, one of the more underrated deep ball throwers in all of college football. And he has consistently been up there in terms of putting that up like this. Like his completion percentage, touchdowns, all of that has gone up from his time starting at Virginia Tech to now. He's a much different player. Um, and Pat Narduzzi kind of hinted at this earlier in the week where he was like, listen, man, Kenan Hooker, the first time we saw him at Virginia Tech to now, it's a different player. And it really is. Um, he has grown so much as a thrower to football. Uh, and, and his deep ball isn't elite by any means. It's not, you know, perfect. It's not the best deep ball in the nation. It's nothing like that. Um, but it's a credible deep ball, and you have to have to respect it. Um, and so Pitt's going to have to respect that. Like, there's so much to this game to me. And so I, I kind of just want to go over game plans, strategic stuff. I think that Pitt – and Tennessee are both probably going to come out of the woodshed with. Um, you look at Pitt, and we've talked about this before. Intermediate throwing of the football, uh, we're talking about spreading them out more. Um, I, I see a lot of people getting caught up too much, and, and I want to say this. Do not get caught up too much in the seven offensive line set you saw last week. That is not the norm of this offense. Pitt had a game plan going into West Virginia where they thought they were going to be able to kick West Virginia's butt, and that just didn't happen. And so when you look 
at what's going to happen with Pitt. They're going to spread them out. They're going to go under center. They're going to be in 11 personnel. They're going to be in 12 personnel, but some of those 12 personnel looks are going to be more spread out 12 personnel looks. They are going to be in shotgun a lot more. I think something as well that Pitt figured out very quickly, and maybe it wasn't that they can't run the football. Uh, I think it was more so that they figured out, listen, we came into this year thinking our strength was running the football because look at the experienced O-line. Look at the stable of backs that Pitt carries with them. But sometimes that changes. Sometimes when you actually get in stadium and finally see what your team does against other guys that is not your players, you learn stuff about your football team. You learn stuff that maybe wasn't true when you were going up against each other. And so you change course mid-game, and that's what makes week one of college football so crazy. I think that's what happened with Pitt. I think they thought they were going to be a really good running team, and not that they can't be over the year, but I think that they figured out very quickly that their strength on offense was actually passing the football. Now, I think the right approach with this offense is to get balance. Um, I think that that is the correct approach. Um, but Pitt, if you eliminate sacks and, and all of that, and you just go by pure passing play calls versus running play calls, largely Pitt threw the ball about as much as they ran the ball last week. And most of those throws were in the second half. It ramped up like this. Um, it was crazy how much different that second half game plan was from that first half. The heavy sets were mostly gone. They were on shotgun. They spread out West Virginia. I'm telling you, what's going to happen in this game because it makes sense against this Tennessee defense to spread them out. Um, and, and Pitt will try to run the football because there's an aspect to this game where you run the football well, you slow down the game, you control the pace of the game. And as such, you keep Hennon Hooker and Tennessee's offense off the field. You keep the score down. You play it more like you want to. And so there is that aspect to this that will happen, but also Pitt's going to throw the football 30, 35 times in this game. Because that's where their strength lies. And, and Keaton Slowis isn't going to throw the ball 50 times. Uh, I, I think that would actually spell certain doom um, for this game that it had gotten out of hand and the pit would have to claw back in. But I certainly think 30 to 35 times is a reasonable expectation um, for throws in this game. On Tennessee's side of things, I look at what they need to do offensively. And all I'll say is this. Keep it simple, guys. Keep it simple, Tennessee. There is nothing that needs to go crazy. Get your offensive line in order. Make sure they block well up front. Control the line of scrimmage to a degree. And let Hen Hooker do what he does. Uh, you don't even need a running game. I, if Jabari Small and Jalen Wright are shut out in this game and have like 80 combined rushing yards on maybe two point yards per carry, I don't think it's going to matter that much. Um and now they could, and I think that that you have to, with the tempo you run, with what you saw from West Virginia last week against this Pitt uh, defense, I think you have to test their run defense to see if that's also an aspect. Because if you can run the football as well as throw the football, if if you can design quarterback runs with Hendon Hooker and make Jabari Small out of the backfield a legitimate threat in that area, you just open up so many things. But if the ball has to be put in Hendon Hooker's hands and the running game is actually just nothing outside of Hendon Hooker, say, scrambling around and creating jailbreak plays, that's okay. Because I think you saw last year, that's largely 
what it was actually with Pitt and Hendon Hooker and, well, what happened? Uh, they ran up and down the field on Pitt. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, and so really when I look at this game for Tennessee, I say keep it simple. Take deep shots. Do it. it, it I, I know that Tennessee runs a lot of tempo, but get the double moves out. Run some go balls. Let your guys like Cedric Tillman and Jimmy Calloway and Jalen Hyatt and Bruno McCoy and all these guys that you have, and Squirrel White, uh, all these guys that you have in this wide receiver room. If you are Tennessee, let them play and let them go. Let them cook. Let him hook or cook. Uh, throw the football down the field and, and let these routes develop. Don't try to just go and run RPOs and screens and, and short lateral passes. Because that's what Pitt wants you to do, to be quite honest with you. Um, Pitt will take that. if Because if Pitt shows up and has a good tackling performance, their press man corners and their aggressive style of defense are going to shut that down. And that's how Tennessee gets off to a slow start and can open the door for Pitt to maybe control this thing. They can't get conservative. They're going to push the tempo and open up the playbook. Push the ball down the football field. Make sure you test Pitt's run defense. If Pitt's run defense is good, whatever. I think if you're Tennessee, that is a minor thing, but the, the, it's a high risk, it's a low risk, high reward type thing. Because if the running game doesn't work for for Tennessee, I think Tennessee can still score a lot of points. But if it is working, you open up so much more. So it's something you have to experiment early on with. Uh, in my opinion, if you're Josh Hype, you have to see how Pitt's going to defend the run, both from a quarterback perspective with Hendon Hooker um, and Small and Wright and those guys. Um, so I would test that out. So very simple stuff, man. I, I, I can't tell you this enough. It's not like I'm breaking the mold here. I don't think Pitt or Tennessee has to come up with some ingenious game plan um, on either side of the football. Like Tennessee's defense – probably needs to mix up their looks a little bit more. They can't sit back and, and cover four. They need to run some cover three robber and take away the middle of the field stuff, right? Bring down an extra safety. That's easy stuff. It's an easy type of thing that they have in their repertoire. Pitt's defense blitz the crap out of Hendon Hooker. Like, that is obvious. You have to blitz Hendon Hooker. Collapse the pocket, keep him in, force him to beat you from the pocket. Could he do it? Absolutely. But also, that's your best chance because you could sack him, create turnovers, and create those disruptive plays, and that's what Pitt wants. So there's obvious game plans, though, this whole thing. And so I just wanted to give a brief uh, overview of that philosophical stuff I think that both these teams should do. I, I That's what I would do in this game if I were both of these teams coming into it. Um, I think Pitt offensively should throw the ball enough, um, but obviously try to keep a balance because they need that running game to control the pace of the game to a degree. Um, the Defense should blitz a lot and be aggressive. If you are Tennessee, I think you mix up your coverage looks a little bit more, uh, and, and you certainly run stunts up front to make sure you confuse this pit offensive line and prove that they can communicate up front when they didn't do that well last week. And then if you're offensive, I think that you have to test Pitt's run defense early on, but you also have to open it up and throw the deep ball. So um, that's what I would do if I were Josh Heupel, Pat Narduzzi, and those guys. But now I want to switch over to individual players, matchups, individual facets of the game that I think are very important. But first of all, I want to let you know about Bet Online because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. 
This line right now, seven in favor of the Vols. You can find that here and more on the latest developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's games on Bet Online. Folks, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, college football, NFL, so much more. Head to the website today or your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. And so now I do want to switch over to very, very key moments and thoughts in this game. First of all, I think the key room to watch for Tennessee defensively is their interior defensive line. I say this because I don't have a ton of faith in some of these guys that you look at. It's not that this interior D line is bad. It's that I don't think they have a star. And I look at Pitt's offensive line and think that they could win on on this area. Um, And you look at guys that could maybe step up, an Omari Thomas, right? A Karat Garland, Bryson Easton. Uh, You look at Elijah Simmons, Jordan Phillips, Dejon Terry. Like a lot of names you have here. Interior-wise, I don't include the ends. And why did I not include the ends? Because I like some of these ends that they, that they have, man. I look at like guys like Byron Young, uh, Tyler Barron. Um, these guys that can, I think, really play um, at the end spots. Now, Tennessee didn't have a sack in week one either against Ball State. They got it up very quickly and, and efficiently. I don't think that's necessarily what Pitt's going to do in this one. Um, what I do think we see coming, though, for Pitt, in this one is testing that interiority line. Because here's the thing. Caden Slovis in the pocket, he doesn't have pressure up the middle like he did against West Virginia with Dante still just destroying things. I think Caden Slovis will be a lot more comfortable. I also will say this. Running the ball against Tennessee, I think is going to be a very interesting experiment. You look, and you don't know if they're going to have Jawan Mitchell in the middle there. That would be huge in terms of impact here. I would, if I were Pitt, I would try to run up the middle. And and so, listen, from what it sounds like, it sounds like Mitchell is probably not going to play in this game. Now, I don't want to definitively put that on. But it sounds like he probably won't. Test this Vols interior D line. See if they can match you. Because this is a very key thing. If Pitt can run up the middle, I think that that, that can open up a lot of things. Because I've, I've largely said when when you don't put Keen Slovis as like the hero and the figurehead of this offense. And you don't put him in a position where he has to carry you. I think you are so much better off than you would be otherwise because he struggles when you have to throw the ball 50 times a game, run the ball efficiently. I think that could be something that really changes how this entire thing works. Um, And and so I think that they have to test this. So this is a room to watch for Tennessee for Pitt, a, a room to watch the offensive line, but specifically Branson. Taylor. We got news this week. It sounds like Branson Taylor will start at right tackle for Pitt. 
okay, you're going up against Tyler Barron and Byron Young. Well, those are two really good pass rushers. Protect Keaton Slovis. Allow Slovis to work in the pocket and stay comfortable. Then you won't have to worry about him being all happy-footed and scrambling out to the right and doing all these crazy things where he is just off the rocker. Don't have him worry about that. Branson Taylor, a key piece for Pitt. Another matchup I am really circling in this one. You look at Kamal Hatton for Tennessee, a really good player, corner, uh, ball hawk, probably going to be going up against Kanade Mumfield. A huge matchup to me because Kanade Mumfield, I think, is going to be the key for Pitt opening up things underneath for guys like Gavin Bartholomew. I think he is the wide receiver one. And, and, you know, I keep hearing people say Pitt doesn't have a wide receiver one. I disagree. I do think they do. I think Kanani Mumfield is that guy. And so I want to see him against a really good player, in my opinion, Kamal Hatton. I like Kamal Hatton a lot, man. Talk about a playmaker. Now, he can get some boom or bust uh, to him where he gets caught looking in the backfield on some double moves and stuff like that. And I want to see Pitt take advantage of that. I want to see Pitt run a double move and maybe allow – Slovis to just sit back there and maybe take a shot downfield. This guy's a good football player. So I want to see that matchup. And then you look at the Falls O-line versus the Pitt D-line. I'll tell you what, there is no bigger matchup in this game than this one right here. This is a solid Tennessee O-line where you have Darnell Wright, Devontae Spragans, Cooper Mays, Jerome Carvin, Gerald McMincy, like you look at all these players that they have. And this is going to be the key to either slowing down this Tennessee offense a little bit. Again, you're not going to completely slow down this Tennessee offense. But what you can do is you can kind of put them in the mud a little bit. You can get Stop here and there. And the D-line can create explosive plays. And this is the other thing. The D-line can cause turnovers. Get to end and hooker. Force a fumble. Force an errant pass that maybe leads to a pick. These are keys for Pitt. Huge keys. The D-line has to show up. In the run game as well. They cannot run the football. Simply as that. If Pitt's going to win this game, Tennessee cannot run the football like C.J. Donaldson did on Pitt last week. You have to slow down this Tennessee rushing attack. Your 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 gap fits have to be good. Your alignments, we talked about this as well. Pitt, the alignments along the defensive line for a veteran group were sloppy. They were too wide at times. They were uh, misplaced at times. It left open gaps to where they could be jacked out of holes. That wasn't a good sign. And it's going to be more important with the tempo of Tennessee. You got to have that communication down to a science this week. Otherwise, you can get a big play against you. And so that is something Pitt has to prepare for. This D-line for Pitt is the single most important group in this game. If they are going to win this football game, this defensive line is going to have a big, big game. And that's exactly what I look at with Pitt. So we'll see. We'll certainly see if Pitt can end up overcoming this. Now, let's go 
prediction. I want to talk a little bit more about some players to watch on both sides, and we'll come back here after a short break. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. We're in the home stretch of this preview show. Vols Pit here in what is a ranked matchup. And then you look at this game, and it is about as hellacious as it could be. It's a close game. I I look at Pitt, and I say at times they have it up here. I think that Pitt has a better chance than a lot of people are giving them, man. I think that two main Pitt fans are pessimistic. I see you all around talking about how this is a guaranteed loss, and Pitt might go 10-2, but they're going to lose to Tennessee and Miami. I think Pitt has a shot in this one. I really do. You look at a few players for Tennessee here to watch. Princeton fan. I I have to point him out. Their tight end was just a menace for Pitt last year. I mean, they could not stop this guy. Um, Princeton fan's a nice player, too. I I like him. So last year, when you actually looked at what happened, Pitt straight up could not stop the pop pass to the tight end. The tight end could just roll up the middle and win easily. Well, that can't happen this year. That can't happen this year. You can't let them get easy yards up the middle of the field. The the linebackers have to be disciplined. And this is where I get to Bengali Kamar. I don't want to put too much pressure on one man um, because the whole linebacking core and the whole D-line definitely struggled with the run defense and keys and all that last week. But the young dude in that lineup was Bengali Kamara. Had a great first half, I thought. The second half, it went right off a cliff. Uh, He has to be more disciplined. He has to wrap up better. He has to be better above the neck. He has to understand what he is seeing. We have to see a turnaround here because they're going to attack him. You look at the tape last week, and you have to attack number 11 in blue. And they will. So Pitt has to prepare for Bengali Kamara to be attacked in this game. But he can't be exposed. He can't be. He's going to have to step up. So he's an X factor, I think, for this Pitt team. You look at MJ Devonshire. I have to point out this guy. What a game he had against West Virginia. You want to talk about slowing down Bryce Ford Wheaton? <laughs> it's very, very hard to do that because I think Bryce Ford Wheaton is a really good player. But there's a lot of really good receivers, too, on this team for Tennessee. Cedric Tillman, though, is the big one to watch. The big one to watch. He's got a lot of NFL value to him. He's a guy that is fluid. He's a guy that can win above the rim. He's a guy that has that height, weight, speed type to him. He's a good football player, man. Cedric Tillman is good. And I don't just mean this, and he's one of those guys that could rise. If you don't know who Cedric Tillman is right now, I'm trusting you. You will if you have a – if you – or a fan of an NFL team, by March you'll know who Cedric Tillman is. This guy's going to be in the NFL. Pitt's going to have a big-time matchup here. Marquez Williams, MJ Devonshire, be ready. Be ready for battle. Because Cedric Tillman brings everything you want. 6'3", 215 length. He's a guy that has good speed. He's strong. 
He's got great size. This dude brings a lot of, if, if I were to give him a comparison, think of George Pickens, a type of player in that mold. This is the type of guy that Cedric Tillman is. And so, MJ Devonshire, I'll tell you what, I saw flashes of a dude that could play at the next level last week in him. We're going to see. I think he just slowed down a guy who will be in the NFL in Bryce Ford Wheaton eventually. Cedric Tillman's a different level of player. Can MJ Devonshire, AJ Woods, Marcus Williams, whoever, I would put MJ Devonshire on him. Can they rise to the occasion? It's going to be a huge factor in this game. Cedric Tillman is the most dangerous player in orange, not named Hidden Hooker. Another key, you just got to tackle. You have to tackle in this game. Pitt has to wrap up. Last year, there were too many plays where Hendon Hooker created more than there should have been. There was a third and, I think, 17 last year where they had him dead two rights for a sack. He escapes, forces two missed tackles, gets a first down on a 23-yard scramble. They go down, score a touchdown, and then theatrics up the late third and fourth quarter ensue. Shouldn't have been that close if they had gotten off the field there. Pitt, at that point, only had one thing to worry about. They're tackling. The Jimmy Callaway touchdown, terrible tackling. Now, this Vols offense is probably a little bit better than it was last year. But I feel like people think Pitt's defense is helpless to stop in this Tennessee offense. I'm telling you, they can slow them down more than you think if they play good fundamental football and wrap up. They need to wrap up. They have to do that. Have to. Then you look as well on the pit side of things, man. Gavin Bartholomew was a big X factor to me in this game. I think Gavin Bartholomew has to be a focal point of the offense. I think there are three focal points of this offense this week. I think you have to Gavin Bartholomew there as the big safety blanket over the middle field. Kanane Mumfield because he is that dude, and then I think you have the running backs. And I put that whole staple of running backs in there. Um, we're talking Vincent Davis, Sebo Flemish, Daniel Carter, Izzy. Um, we're talking all of those guys. I want to see wide zone runs. I want to see the running backs in space. I want to see Pitt bringing out the strengths in their backs. If you want the physicality aspect, I want to see Sebo Flemister punishing dudes. If you want to get a guy in space who's shifty, I want to see – Vincent Davis, if you want a little bit of blend of everything, I want Izzy. There's a lot of different ways to manage his personnel, but I want to see the strengths accentuated in this running back room. You got a little bit of everything without Hammond in there. And so there's so many different things that are key in this game, man. So many different things. And, and I've gone back and forth about who I think will win, who I think will lose. It's a crazy game. But I'll tell you what. I think Right now, I think Tennessee is the winner in this one. And I'm not going to predict Pitt to lose many games this year, but this was one that I did predict them to lose. I think Hendon Hooker and, and, and Cedric Tillman are such a dangerous duo. I think that this one is going to be a close barn burner. I, I put something like 45, 42, something around there. This one's going to be a close game. Pitt's going to put up a lot of points. Tennessee's going to put up a lot of points. I think this one's going to be a real nail-biter. I'm going to go with Tennessee. I just think they're too explosive. 
Um, and I think their defense has playmakers to where if Slovis makes a mistake, and I've seen him make mistakes before, if he's not substantially better than he was last week, I think that they can make him pay for some of those mistakes. So I'll take Tennessee in this one by a hair. Um, but if Pitt wins this one, man, wouldn't surprise me. This is going to be one of the very few games uh, this year where I will predict Pitt to take the loss. Um, so we will see what ends up happening, folks. As always, we will be back here for post-game after the game. Whatever happens does not matter. We will be here. We will be talking all about it. As always, folks, thanks for listening. And as we end it, as always, hail to Pitt.